Oh, I, I love Sundays. Amen. <laughs> yeah, it's, you don't have to worry about this pastor oversleeping. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen, amen, amen. Well, keeping up with my new policy and having a few jokes for you on Sunday morning. Wife text husband on a cold winter morning. Windows frozen, won't open. Husband texts back. Gently pour some lukewarm water over it and then gently tap edges with hammer. Wife texts back. Ten minutes later, computer really messed up now. <laughs> Windows is an operation system for, okay. <laughs> it only takes one donut to make me have acid indigestion. I just can't figure out if it's the 10th one or 11th one. <laughs> I think some of y'all have that situation. Never be afraid to try something new. Remember, amateurs built the ark, professionals built the Titanic. Wow. <laughs> uh, laughter does like a medicine, praise God. We, we're going to take a gospel this morning. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, by the way, uh, we just got a, a box of new, uh, excuse me, Bibles. This is a complete Bible, uh, NIV translation. The print is not very large, so some of you over 90 people may have a little trouble reading it, but Brad said he could read it fine. So um, anyway, th those are free to give out. If you want to take one with you or take a couple to give out some to somebody, that's fine. They're back there on with the rest of the books. And for the people who've just come in recently, last month or two, uh, the little books back there are free. Uh, if you want to put some money in the offering bucket for that, if you feel like you want to pay for them, that's fine too. You can put $100 for each one of them. I don't care, but no, I do. Uh, but we give those out free. And those are books that we endorse that just would help people. They're small, so even men can read them. Um, somebody got that, I think. <laughs> uh, but they're, they're important books, and um, they'll help you uh, to be able to converse uh, your faith a little better, and uh, they'll help other people to understand. Uh, one book back there is uh, actually a summary of a larger book that Greg Kokel wrote that is um, Why God Died and Came Back to Life Again, and it'll help people get a, an understanding of the gospel, so, um, and, and, and the reason that Jesus is the only way, praise God. Is it a little warm in here? Okay, would somebody handle that, please? Um, I'm going to preach on hell as a reason. No. <laughs> um, I want to make sure that uh, you know about the upcoming prayer summit. This one just turned on. <laughs> um, coming up this Saturday. Uh, Pastor Kelly will talk more about it in, at the end of the service, but those of you who want to be involved in that, uh, be sure and take advantage of that. That's this Sunday, I believe at 9 a.m., 8.45. Okay, 8.45, uh, right here. And then uh, it's, uh, 
two weeks later, on the, I think it's the 26th, if I remember right, on Saturday, there's going to be our new women's conference. Brad, did we get the name of that? Do you remember? Okay. We have a name for it. We just don't know what it is yet. But, uh, yeah, women's conference. Praise God. Uh, free breakfast. So, see, we just cleared the way for you when we had our men's meeting. So, uh, Tony, Pastor Tony Campers from uh, Empowered Life Church, Henderson, Nevada, will be here to share that morning. And she'll also stay over for church, too. So be, she'll be the first lady in the pulpit for it. So, uh, she's Pastor Jerry's wife, and we, we love her. She's awesome. She's one of those that just goes right to it. So I know you'll enjoy her, whatever she shares on. So those are our two events for March, the 12th and the 26th, the prayer summit and uh, Pastor Tony and the ladies' breakfast and conference. Hallelujah. I think I've pretty well got everything there so far. Let's, uh, let's watch that video, okay? This is just a real short video. Over the last 25 years, the percent of people with a biblical worldview has declined by half. So this is a trend that's been going on for quite a while. But we haven't noticed it as much. It hasn't been as obvious until recent times because we had this long hangover of values that our culture still shared that were consistent with a biblical worldview. So we still had a culture that was still valuing the family in the same way, that was still uh, valuing marriage and, and valuing things that Christians value. Even though they had discarded the doctrinal tenets of Christianity quite a long time ago, but really in recent years has been the acceleration of getting rid of the values themselves that were consistent with the Christian worldview. And now Christians notice the cultural forces are making us notice it a lot more. And I think that we're beyond the point where everyone's going to suddenly turn around. Unless there's a giant revival. You never know what God's going to do. Amen. Amen. And it's necessary that we play that just to kind of give you a little bit of a thought. We're doing a worldview uh, presentation on Wednesday nights. We'll do part three, our final one, uh, coming up this week. Uh, the worldview is how you see the world, how you view the world. And it comes from your thinking abilities. And um, that's what this whole country and the whole globe is all messed up on right now. And so we, what we want to do is we want to get back to the Bible and see what God says and how does he want us to implement uh, the things that would be necessary to be able to feed our country today. So I'm talking about critical theory, and uh, that's basically to capture your attention to a subject we're going to spend a few minutes on. If I said it was crazy today in the world around us, I think I might get an amen somewhere. Uh, it is a crazy world, which means we have great opportunity. I want to make a few comments about the Ukrainian-Russian war, first of all. We need to continue to pray for the people in both countries. The people in both countries. Uh, for their leaders... And um, we know we've got one of them that needs to be taken out, Amen. period. Uh, for others, we need to pray for our president, our Congress, military personnel, 
uh, leaders in the military and the military families. And we need to pray for other countries, especially the NATO uh, members. Uh, a lot of people are in turmoil. A lot of people are nervous. I mean, there's just a lot of different, you know, feelings all over the place. I'm sure if we had everybody up here, <laughs> you give me, you know, give me 30 seconds of what you think, we have a lot of different points of view. Uh, we need to uh, pray for humanitarian relief, uh, and we need to pray for a quick end to this heinous war, uh, that it would be over very quickly. Church of Tomorrow yesterday sent a gift of $1,500 to Samaritan's Purse, uh, which is a worldwide uh, ministry that Franklin Graham, anybody ever heard of Franklin Graham, Billy Graham? Okay. Uh, I chose them because they are a very reputable organization. We worked with them in the um, more tornado relief a few years ago and worked with a lot of people, a lot of different organizations. And I won't say that some of them, you know, were this or that, but I will say for sure, Sam's Purse is great. And they are real people. They have a lot of volunteer help which means the money goes more to buying things. Uh, just a great organization. Good Baptist brothers, hallelujah. And uh, we, uh, we rejoice in that. Now, Dama Ministries has already given 500 of that back to Church of Tomorrow, and there's been another $100 gift that came in. So uh, Church of Tomorrow you know, uh, is still about 900 short, and that's okay. If, if nobody else does anything else, it's no problem. But if you want to be a part uh, of that uh, involvement of Samaritan's Purse in Ukraine, uh, you're welcome to give text, uh, email, excuse me, text, online, or envelope, and just put missions. So anything that says missions this particular week will go towards the relief in Ukraine. So, um, they're, they've already got things going on there, and they do a lot of just great things around the country, so around the world, I mean. So that's what we're doing. We believe in putting feet to our words, and if one member of the body suffers, they all suffer. So we should, Ukraine, um, the, the, I saw this morning, Kelly said that he's seen that 70% Christian, the deal that I saw was 83%. They're probably the most Christianized country in Europe. Uh, so uh, I just want to, you know, put that on your heart that, you know, we have brothers and sisters there. Uh, their families are being torn apart. And men up to 60 years of age are shooting, okay? They're defending their country. I know that the U.S. went up to 45 years of age in World War II, so they're up to 60. You know, the question I ask myself almost daily now is, what would happen if that happened in America? Where would I be? Where would my family be? Where would this church be? Where would those things do? And it's a good question to ask us because these people are not giving up. And uh, they're fighting to the finish one way or the other. And uh, that's their belief. And, and I understand that cry for freedom. And uh, we want to be able to hold them up in, in prayer in any other way the Lord puts on our hearts. Can I get an amen? amen. Um, in addition, you know, I know there's concerns that many of y'all may have. I mean, some people are worried that we're starting on World War III uh, with the possibility of nuclear 
action and those kind of things. I know some people are very concerned about how will this affect uh, this country in the coming days or years. Uh, some are just simply aware that it's happening and some are going, what are you talking about? So wherever you are, um, we, we always uh, appreciate where you are and your thoughts. And we, I feel like as a pastor that I should help equip you and give you some things to think about uh, and uh, to be considering when something like this is up. So uh, I'm not going to get political. Um, that doesn't help. There's enough junk there. I almost said crap. You can't say that in church, can you? Okay. Um, I, I don't want to get political. I'm not going to. I'm going to get spiritual because that's where the answers are. And that's where the relief is. And that's where the comfort is. And that's where, that's where Jesus communicates to us. So we're going to, we're going to talk about this from a spiritual way. Uh, I'm concerned, not for myself, seriously, you know, um, D.L. Moody, and I, I think I've told this before, but uh, it bears re rehearsing again. D.L. Moody, the great evangelist of the 19th century, led more people to the Lord probably than anybody up to that time. <clears throat> he, he, uh, he was asked by a guy, what would you do, Brother Moody, if you knew that the Lord was coming back tomorrow? What would you do tomorrow? He goes, I'd plant a tree. Uh, I'm sorry, Brother Moody, uh, if, if the Lord was coming back tomorrow, you knew absolutely sure, what would you do? He said, I'd plant a tree. Why on earth would you plant a tree? Because that's what I'm planning on doing. Okay? So we need to get to that place and, and be honest with yourself. How close are to you? How, how far are you from that or how close are you to that? Um, you know, there's some things that we can't change. And there's some things that we can change. So if we can change it, don't worry about it. Change it. And if it's something that you can't change, don't worry about it because you can't change it anyway. So let's just pray and believe God and go on with it, praise God. My concerns are for my two families, my biological family and this family right here today. So any way that uh, Pastor Kelly or myself or anybody else uh, can uh, help you, please uh, let us know. We want to pray with you. Give you comfort. We, uh, I want to help you, encourage you to share the gospel with your family members that aren't saved, and your neighbors and work people that aren't saved. That that's important. So, that's kind of where we're coming from today. Uh, one of the things that we've done, and we haven't said much about this, uh, except in passing, but the last year and a half since tomorrow's been here. We have basically tried to do a couple of things, and one of those is to encourage you and to build you to stand in times of adversity, because the culture today doesn't stand for anything anywhere, really. It's just, yeah, everybody's wrong, everybody's got the relative uh, perspective, subjective perspective. Uh, the Bible is not subjective. The Bible is objective, and it, it affirms everything that it says. And when we stand on the Word of God, we shall not be moved. And that's what Christian life is all about. So uh, calm the fears of any other people. Perfect love cast out fear. Pastor Kelly preached on uh, how to get rid of fear a few weeks ago. 
So kick it in the, the tail and uh, let's, let's go on with our lives and love people. And a lot of people are going to be searching. And this is a good time to be able to uh, share with them. We're going to stay focused on encouraging and building people spiritually. Because that's where the only one who can keep us will meet him. Praise God. Okay, critical theory. Uh, I'm going to read... Um, a definition of critical theory, this is just out of a source. It's a dictionary that I took. I'm not saying this is the definition. I'm just saying it's a definition because you could look in five different dictionaries and get five different meanings. They would be a little similar in some aspects and not in others. This one said uh, two things. First of all, one, the field of study concerned with formulating and evaluating intellectual approaches to the analysis or the interpretations of art, text, and other cultural artifacts. Critical theory encompasses such theory as new criticism, Marxism, structuralism, deconstruction, and post-colonial theory. You say, what was that? Uh, never mind. Number two, a collection of theories used to describe and analyze society and social norms especially with the goal of enhancing the freedom of the individual by preserving social justice. Okay, well that sounds a little thick language-wise, but it sounds good to the ear, but the question is what does it really mean and what does it really do? Because as you probably know, the culture today is saying all kinds of things that it doesn't do. And there's a lot of people that try to persuade you in different aspects without actually, uh, without, without people actually looking to see what's the fruit of what they're saying. So I want to help you out a little bit, <clears throat> and you'll see where I'm going in a few minutes. There are many critical theories. Uh, they've all got good sounding names in order to attract attention and agreement, but all one has to do is take a look at the founders and early followers, most of which were Marxist communists. This goes back over 100 years. And study their methods about bringing about changes. And you'll find that they're uh, actually very closely related to Marxism. The common goal is to get this, change your thinking. That's what they're trying to do is to get you to change your thinking. That's what the, the world of critical theory wants to do. Well, which is what? Well, God tells us the question is what do we change our thinking to? Okay? Now, we've talked about, you know, one of the favorite parts that we have in the Bible is Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. And I'm going to read it today out of the Kingdom New Testament so Brad's back there shouting yay and amen. This is a new translation that N.T. Wright wrote. I think it's a little bad that we use K-N-T to mean Kingdom New Testament, but his name, his initials are N.T. And he's always right. So that's really, if you don't know who N.T. Wright is, he's a, one of the well-known theologians in the world from England. Talks funny like those English people do. But he's written a translation that's, i.e. kind of modern, 
but it, it's, uh, it's basically a little translation just put in modern words. It's, it's really good. So, my dear friends, this is my appeal to you by the mercies of God. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Worship like this brings your mind into line with God's. What's more, don't let yourself be squeezed into the shape dictated by the present age. Don't let yourselves be squeezed into the shape dictated by the present age. Instead, be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you can work out what God's will is, what is good, acceptable, and complete. Now, that's the Word of God. So we want to renew our minds. We, and we've talked about many times in the past about the word repent, the first message that it's recorded in the Bible that John the Baptist preached, repent and believe the gospel, uh, repeat the kingdom of God is at hand. That's pretty close, okay? My hand, the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus preached the same message too to start out with. And the word repent literally means to change your thinking, to reconsider or to think differently. It's the start towards walking in the transformed life. So the Word of God, and there's verses after verses after verses after verses about how we should think. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So thinking is critical to God, okay? So theories are critical to God. I heard one guy say one time, he's, he's, a, he's a minister, he said, well, a Christian philosopher, you can't even use those words together. Well, I've got news for him. Everybody, everything you look at, everything you read is coming through some kind of a filter. And philosophically, it helps you to understand more about God and more understand about some of these other uh, doctrines that are bullcorn. So, God wants us to change our thinking to his thinking, not to earthly means, or as the book of James puts it, the wisdom of this world, which is devilish. Good place to say, oh me, or amen, or something. <laughs> um, let's take a look at what happened 2,000 years ago when Paul and Silas had been the attempted victims of cancel culture. Acts 17, starting with verse 22. Acts 17, 22. Paul then stood up in the meeting of Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. Now, what you worship as something unknown, I'm going to proclaim to you. Verse 24, the God who made the world and everything that is in, that it is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples built by hands. And he's not served by human hands as if he needed anything, because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. 
For one man, from one man, he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this so men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he's not far from each of us. The kingdom of God is at hand. For in him, I love this verse, we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Verse 29, therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by man's designs and skill. Now, I really want you to zone in on these next two verses. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead. The single most provable event in ancient history is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Educated skeptics will agree that there's something that happened there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, therefore, I want to present to you, I think, something that's critically important about critical theory. Now, I could go here and I could list this critical theory and this critical theory and this critical theory and this critical theory and this critical theory. Thank you. I will now introduce what I believe is where we need to be focusing. I'm going to put one word up here. If you can't read that, it's S-I-N. Sin is the problem. Sin is the problem in mankind. Sin is the thing that tries to destroy you. Jesus said that I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And next week we're going to be speaking about that. This week we're speaking about the thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. When are we going to get that in us? That's the dividing point of the Old Testament and New Testament in my estimation. What Jesus came to do. The Word of God says that God wants all men to become saved, men and women, that's mankind, become saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. I'm sorry what some of you reformists preach. He's already got everybody elected before they're born. Whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Folks, this is what is critical. This is what is important that we need to understand. First of all, are we really saved? Do we look in the mirror and say, am I really, is this guy in the mirror really saved? Is he really a new creation? 
Did I really commit in my life or if I just prayed some 30-second prayer and thought I had life insurance? Now I'm preaching to those on YouTube today. The thing that's so important is that this is the only opportunity that we have in life to live forever with Jesus. Do you know there's no such thing as dying for the human soul and spirit? There's no such thing as dying. It's walking through a door from this life into the spiritual life that lasts forever. Do you see your loved ones in that same light? Do you agonize in prayer and do you share the love of God with them when you're with them? Do you send them a little note? However you want to reach people. There's, so, there's a gazillion ways. But the fact of it is, we need to love people to life. Hell is a real place. There's no doubt about it. If you take God out of the equation, then that's what you have. And some people say, well, that's not so bad. I can party. <laughs> no. God's giving you mercy right now, drinking and boozing and everything else you're doing to keep you from leaving this life and dropping right into the one that he's, not, he's totally not in. Everything will be dark and black and hot and weeping and gnashing of teeth, and we can't imagine what it would be without the hand of God protecting us where we are right now. But God has made a way, and that way is Jesus Christ. There's no other person, as we talked about last week some, there's no other person, no other way except Jesus Christ, because he's the only one that paid our debt. He's the only one that redeemed us. He's the only one that was able to do that, and he had to do a lot of things calling walking perfect and completing the law so that we didn't have to. He walked by the law that we can't ever walk by because of the tainted blood of Adam and Eve. Thank you very much. <laughs> Adam's going to have so many black eyes in heaven. I just <laughs> Get that frustration over. You'd done the same thing. <laughs> oh, yep, yep. All he tried to do is the same thing that uh, Lucifer did in heaven, tried to exalt himself above the Most High. He wanted to be as God, knowing good and evil. That's, he just wanted to rule himself. And that's what people today are trying to do, rule themselves, rule themselves. Look, this oligarch, uh, for Russian guy, that's got this $590 million yacht. He's got weapons systems on it and everything else. And I thought... Man, you better enjoy that yacht because it ain't going to last forever. And the first shall be, yeah. I want to encourage you. This is, get past your timidity of sharing the gospel. Just, you don't have to be brash or bold about it. You just need to move on and, and just share the love of Jesus. Share what's in your heart. Share your own testimony. Share what God has done in your life. I can share my testimony. I can also share one that's 30-something years old, this side of my born-again experience. But it's essential that people are born again, that they can be with us in heaven. I was thinking about some people yesterday. I thought, oh, my gosh, people I go to high school with. As you know, that was last millennium quite a while back. I've got a lot of classmates that are no longer on this earth. And I think about some people, and I thought, one guy I, I knew really well. And, of course, I wasn't saved. I was no help back in those days. But I know how he died, and I know what he died doing. And I'm thinking, 
gosh, I wish he would be in heaven. Maybe there's some way possible that at the last minute, you know, he was murdered in a drug deal. He's a great guy who got all messed up somewhere along the line. He was student council president of the junior college that I went to. You know, I thought, well, I can't do anything about that, but I can do something about people today. I can do something about people. And I know this will probably shock you, but my family, biological family, is not perfect. Is yours? Okay. God wants all what? All to become saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. I've got a family member that's definitely born again, but he, he hasn't progressed in eight years since it happened. You know, we got to get him stirred up. And there's somebody else that's working with him really closely. Uh, he lives in another state, but they're, they're helping. I'm praying, so whatever. I need him. I need him to be, stand strong. Yeah. People today are falling quote unquote, falling from Christianity in, the Amer in America. And they're falling probably because they never did get in. But if they, they still could be falling, could be a backslid Christian, that wouldn't be any fun. My gosh, you talk about conviction after conviction after conviction. Oh my gosh, hey, what was the uh, King James Version that said uh, when Paul... Uh, it was told it, it's not good to kick against the pricks. In other words, you're kicking yourself into cactus. <laughs> that hurts. And, and he was trying so hard to be a religious person, to be a good person, to be a person that man would think good of, that his overseers would think good of, so he might get a promotion next year. So he went out and killed a lot of Christians. How deceived was he? But God, if Paul, the apostle, could get saved, then you and me and our families are easy. Religion probably is the biggest detriment to salvation that there is. People that think they're good, and they come to church, get new friends, and their life is cleaner, and they think they have arrived, but they haven't because they don't know the rest of the story. Next week, we'll share on the glory of Eden. And I want you to be able to take advantage of bringing some people here. Because, you know, a lot of times people just hear about hell, which is true. But then a lot of us, even good God-loving Christians, don't understand that Jesus turned this whole thing around and if he didn't do at least as much as we did, as Adam did to get in, then we have a problem here because he did. We're missing out on some things. We're missing out on some of those miracles. We're missing out on the works of God. We're missing out on people to be saved. So what we need to do is we need to come out of the closet. Oh! The Christian closet. And be able to share effectively Jesus Christ. I'm not bow braiding you. I'm trying to open the door in your life to glory. The glory. Let's look at Romans chapter 5. 
In chapter 4, we learn about Abram to Abraham. We learn about being saved by faith. We're justified by faith. We learn about calling those things to be not as though they already were. Uh, great chapter in the Bible. I love it. We could stay there the rest of the week, not even let you go home. But we're going to go into chapter 5 today. And I want you to understand as we put this up on the screen for you, the times that it talks about Jesus in chapter 5. Romans 5.1. Therefore, from Adam and, excuse me, from Abraham to faith, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God, underlined, through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, verse 2, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. The only way that you can stand is standing in grace. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our heart. Just imagine God pouring, open up your heart and just pouring love in. By the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You see at just the right time when we were still powerless. Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for the ungodly. I remember Brother Hagin used to say, you qualified. <laughs> you qualified. Verse 7, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 9, since we have now been justified by his blood. How much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved through his life? Do you get this? You see how many times Jesus is in here? And how we have to go through him, through him, through him, through him? Verse 11, not only is this so, but we rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Back to God. There's two throughs right there. <laughs> through Jesus, through Christ. Verse 12, therefore... Just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men because all have sinned, far before the law was given, sin was in the world. But sin is not taken into account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as Adam did, who was a pattern of the one to come. Do you realize sin is all about death? And when God talks about death, 
mostly it's eternal death, not necessarily this life. How could God kill all those people? Because he knew they'd never get sinned, and he didn't kill them. He just put them in the next life. They still live forever, or they're, <laughs> you can't use the word living or alive, they're existing forever. Existing forever. Jesus came, why? That we wouldn't sin? No. He came that he would pay the ransom for us by letting us be forgiven. Well, in Islam, God, God forgives. That God's not holy because he's not just. God is perfect. Every minute speck of sin is sin to God because he's perfect. And in order to be able to be forgiven, there had to be somebody that would pay the penalty. Islam recognizes Jesus as a prophet, which is blasphemy. He is God. And I hope there's a bunch of Muslim people listen to me because we love you because God loves you and we want you to know the truth. 15. But the gift is not like the trespass. Hmm. For if the many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Again, the gift of God is not like the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation. But the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Are you reigning in life? You ought to be. I thought about that same Russian guy with that highfalutin yacht. I thought, I'm the one that's wealthy, not him. I'm not being smart, Alec. Just bragging on Jesus. Because we have the true riches. Your riches is in steel and plastic and glass and all that other junk. My riches is my name in the Lamb's book of life. That's the one that counts. I've already got my reservation. And it's an eternal reservation. I'm sorry. Glory. It's an eternal reservation. It's not Hilton or Hyatt or Motel 6. It's an eternal reservation. And my name's on the reservation deal, and I don't even have to confirm the confirmation because it's already been confirmed by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Absolutely. Is your name there too then? I guess Sarge is this. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Verse 18. Consequently, just as the result of one trespass was condemnation for all men, so also the act 
the results of one act of righteousness was justification that brings life to all men. Brings life. Now, will men accept it? It's a question. For just as through the obedience of the one man the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of one man the many will be made righteous. The blood of the Lamb of God. Oh, glory. Verse 20, the law was added so that the trespass might increase. In other words, so people realize what's going on. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. The more you realize that you were lost, the more you realize that you were a sinner, the more grace comes to you and says, hey, got you covered. Verse 21, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That is the glory of the gospel. The glory of the gospel. We've got a better deal than any of us know. My goodness gracious. People running to and fro. Jesus says that the days of the coming of Son of Man will be like the days of Noah, people eating and drinking, giving in, uh, in marriage, marrying and giving in marriage. In other words, I, I first thought about that. They're just going to be a bunch of jerks and sinners and everything else. But really what it means is people just paying attention to what they're doing. They're, they're not, they don't even care. People were, in the days of Noah, they were just running around, getting another pint of beer or whatever they're doing. We won't get into all the do-nots. But God was trying to deliver them. And Noah preached and preached and preached and preached. <laughs> and they made an ark that worked. I.e. joke this morning. For people like you and me. Do you realize if Noah hadn't been obedient just as a conduit to get Jesus here, we wouldn't be here either. Aren't you glad somebody stood in faith? Amen. Thank you, Noah. Um, amen, amen. Folks, I thank you for your serious consideration of being everything that God wants you to be. And that doesn't have a straining muscle to it. You don't have to strain and agonize and work up something any more than an apple tree has to work up an apple. Amen. That tree's just there, but he's letting the things go through him that are the nutrients to be able to feed the blossom to make that apple good. And by the way, the Bible doesn't say that Adam and Eve ate an apple. It says they ate a fruit. Might have been a kumquat. I don't know. <laughs> We've got such a glorious salvation. And here's the thing. No matter how many people that get saved, God's big enough to put us all in a nice place to live forever and ever. Jesus has been working on that place for 2,000 years. It's going to be way beyond what you can think or imagine. And that should spark the fire in you to want to reach out. 
there's nothing wrong with believing God for yourself. And I know there's times that you have to. And I'm not saying that's bad or evil. It's not. God wants to supply every one of your needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. And Paul prayed that for people. Every need, spirit, soul, and body. Okay? Not just financially. Just to have peace of mind is what some people need, right? Thank you. But the thing about it that is important is we need not to keep the eyes on ourselves. I am not the most important thing that I can pray for. There are others that desperately need intercession. There are people in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our places of work or our schools that need to know Jesus and need to come front to front with him and realize what a great thing this is. We don't need a bunch of gainsayers with all their mental things of the world trying to make a heaven on earth because it ain't going to happen for a long time and heaven will eventually come to earth. But that's because God will do it, not because man's done it. I just threw that in there because it's true. Okay, you got it? I know this is a wonderful church. And I know that the continuity that we have here from person to person, from week to week is wonderful. And God's still building it to be more and more all the time. And we may be small in number, but we're big on the inside. And praise God, there's no limit to what one person can bring about in the faith, believing God. What will one person on fire for God, wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up with Jesus, what will he, he or she do? It may be surprising who that person may be. But I tell you one thing, it's not going to be religion. It's going to be relationship, reality. It's going to be the oneness with Jesus Christ. As we submit to him, he will flow through us and bring blessings beyond anything that we can imagine. And that's the good life. Next week, the glory of Eden. You want to be here? You've never heard this one before because I hadn't heard it either yet. And we're going to do a new song. And it's going to go right along with it, praise God. Because that's what Jesus came for. was for people like you and me that want to fall in love with him. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you've allowed us to be brought into your kingdom, that you have allowed us to be born again, that you've sought us out when we were going astray, wandering to and fro. You drew us to yourself. Holy Spirit, you brought us to Jesus. And I thank you that we stay there at the foot of the cross, recognize the reality of heaven and earth and what God has done for us. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise and glory and honor. And we thank you that you've chosen us to be born again, spirit-filled, full of the word of God for this season in the world's history, that we may be salt and light to every person that we come into contact with in one way or the other. Lead us, guide us, teach us, train us, mentor us according to your will, your plan, your purpose. And we say that appreciating in advance that faith says, yes, you can do this through us. Let the will of God be established and may we grow in it. Father, I ask you to seal the word in each person 
and bring forth 30, 60, 100-fold return for the manifestation of the glory of God here on earth. In the name of Jesus, and everyone that believed it said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Powerful words. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Just seeing Romans chapter 5 and how many times Jesus has spoken. Wow. It's, it's, uh, it, he is the source, isn't he? He is our source. Hallelujah. Uh, about living life without having to focus on self on the time. Wow. Do we focus on self a lot? We sure do. Okay. And we need okay, to heed the voice of Paul that says, I die daily. It's a decision every day, isn't it? <laughs> and sometimes our flesh is like going, no! <laughs> if you want to see the receipt for giving to, uh, for us giving to the Samaritan's Purse, I've got a copy of the receipt with me, so if you're interested in that, just let me know. Um, I want to remind everyone that when you give Okay, in the offering, we have several ways that we're going to be giving. Uh, you know that pretty well right now, but for those who might still be, you know, not been here very often, we have options of uh, online, we have option with texting, uh, we also have in the back, we have the uh, uh, envelope and card, and uh, just drop it in the, in the box back there. And so uh, we just, we love it, okay, the opportunity to give. And I mean, us being able to give... Uh, for Ukraine, that comes from you. Amen? Does that come from you? And again, if you have the opportunity and you, you feel stirred to give, okay, a special offering, just put missions on it, and this week it'll go toward that very thing, okay? And so uh, just remember that. Remember the people of Ukraine and Russia and all the surrounding areas. It's an intense time. Okay? We think we think it's intense. Okay? Uh, they've got it a hundredfold. Okay, and so uh, they're losing homes, businesses, family members. Their future is all up in it and tossed up in the air. Okay, so this week I want us uh, to remember. Okay, to share one of our messages that we have at Church of Tomorrow. Okay, on from YouTube. Okay, maybe your favorite one. Okay, and then just uh, uh, send it to someone. Okay, look at someone and say, send it to someone. Okay, who probably hasn't heard it, okay, and, and then ask them to subscribe if they liked it. Again, we talked last week about the importance of subscribing so that we can end up, okay, moving forward and coming up to that next level that YouTube has, okay, so that we can be seen just a little bit more. Uh, it's possibly the easiest way to share the word, okay, with someone. Okay, is doing it that way. Uh, don't forget, this Wednesday, okay, we're continuing our third in the series of uh, worldviews. Okay, and so I encourage you to come. Those of us who have been here, it's been an eye-opening experience. And, and uh, you don't want to miss. Uh, he talked a little bit of it today. And uh, a whole lot more is presented on Wednesdays. Amen? Amen. This Saturday, Prayer Summit encourage everyone to come. If you pray a little, if you pray a lot, okay? If you're seasoned or if you're just beginning, if you know others, okay, who pray, 
join with us on Saturday, this Saturday, 845, light uh, breakfast will be served, uh, some worship will go forth, some teaching, but it's mostly going to be praying, prayer summit, okay, prayer, okay, uh, we... If we are not careful, we get a lot of teaching in and then we don't do much of it, okay? But I believe not only in individual praying, but in also corporate praying. There's something that happens when the corporate body comes together and prays, okay? And so bring your supply. Everyone say, bring your supply. Bring your supply. Because your supply makes a difference. It really, really does. And we'll go until about noon, okay? And so 845 to about noon. Uh, don't forget, next Saturday night... Oh, that's one hour forward. So if you go to bed Saturday night at 10, turn your clock forward to 11. Okay? If you go to bed at 2 a.m. on Sunday morning, then it now becomes 3 a.m. on Sunday morning. And suddenly, the wake-up time is much sooner than what you thought. Okay, <laughs> so just remember, or allow your technology on whatever, you know, uh, has time on it. Allow it to accomplish that so you're not an hour behind everyone else, okay? And we want you here on time, okay, and not an hour behind, okay? Because then half, half of what we do is all over with, okay? All right, uh, women's conference. Ever say women's conference, Okay. <laughs> The Women's Conference, it, our first one is on the 26th, okay, of March, okay, and you want to connect with Lakita or those, some of the women who are prominent in here in, in the church, okay, and connect with them. I'm interested, I want to be a part, okay, there's going to be a sign up, okay, a text, okay, given to you uh, uh, to make that happen, okay, and so I want us to uh, also remember that Tony Campers, Jerry Camper's wife, uh, will be the guest, and she will also be the guest the following day on the 27th on Sunday. I've heard her talk. She is a powerhouse. She is straightforward, okay? She doesn't beat around the bush, and she'll give you eyes of fire, okay? So come and expect, okay, what God will do, amen? Hallelujah. There'll be refreshments, or uh, there will be a breakfast, or is it a lunch? It's a breakfast, yeah, and uh, so come and be expecting. Amen? Hallelujah. Everyone stand, please. Hallelujah. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Okay? It's a decision. We want to have the feeling of it, and it's a decision. Hallelujah. We will be glad in this day because he has made it. Amen. Lift up your hands. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you it's gone forth with power and purpose. We thank you that our lives are being changed because of it. We thank you, Father, that when we leave this place, we carry this word, release the word. We won't be so selfish as to keep it to ourselves, but we will release it, Father, knowing that more comes our way. And we bless you for the results of it. In Jesus' holy and mighty name, and everyone said, amen. amen. Go in the power and the glory of God. Amen, amen, and amen. If you need prayer, people up here will pray with you.